0: A new roadblock, it's fake democracy. We're going up the wrong way. We're going to have to stop. Creaming soft, a secret box. They can't expose them all. We're going up the wrong way. We're going to have to Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Cakewatch Podcast. Uh, my name's Steve Bullock. Uh, I am an ex-negotiator for the the UK in the the EU. Um, And
1: Chris? And joining you is Chris. Chris (laughs) Kendall, that's me. Um, I'm a current EU official. Um, I've also been a British official during my time. And the um, uh, unique selling point is that we're not journalists, we're not analysts, we're not academics. We are two guys who work inside the EU or have done And, um, that's, that's what we're bringing to this party. Though we should add that we we are here in a strictly personal capacity.
0: Yes, yes, because we've done disclaimers on, on, on previous episodes of Cakewatch because of, uh, Chris's employment and, uh, Chris's views are personal and not very much not the views of his employer. Um, but this week actually I have to make a similar, uh, similar disclaimer. Yeah, uh, things have changed. Things have changed. Things have changed. So I'm now uh, working as a a Brexity geek with uh, Alan Smith, MEP, uh, which is so far absolute bundles of fun, I have to say. It's really good. Do you want to talk a bit about that, Steve, or should we just plough straight into our podcast? Well, just that it was a bit of a surprise. I can say it was a bit of a surprise, and uh, uh, I wasn't really looking for a job. I have a job running a recording studio, and I wasn't really looking for a job, but... uh, no, no, it's it's, uh, it's so. So I was very, very surprised to uh, to be asked to do it, but very, but but very, very pleased as well because, in and, and his team of absolutely fantastic and uh, ardent anti-Brexit campaigners, uh, and uh, yeah, no, so it's, uh, it's it's really good. Really, no, it's, it.
1: it's fantastic. It's a fantastic thing for you, Steve, but I think it's also a fantastic thing for Alan and for and for the other British MEPs who are coming together. Um, Cross party to fight this thing. I mean, what a week it's been. We say that what, every week, but what, what a week. week!
0: What a week! I mean, a, a week for a long time in politics. Uh, uh, half an afternoon, a lunchtime is a long time in politics now. it's just—I mean, you know, uh, what a week!
1: What a week! I go away. I, I I look away from my computer. Sometimes I actually do have to work. <laughs> I look away. From, <laughs> I look away from my computer, and I come back a few hours later, and I'm almost scared to to see what's happened.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wasn't there, there, was some, there was a Twitter exchange this week that um, you know you'd gone for lunch and you hadn't bothered reading the uh, reading the, the draft treaty because you knew by the time you got back from lunch, yeah, uh, <laughs> there would be commentaries available on it, <laughs> so there's no point in reading it first, you know.
1: Yeah, well, yeah,
0: exactly. No, that was uh, it,
1: exactly. I went for lunch with another um, friend of ours, um, um uh, on Twitter who. Um, we um, we went for a for, for for lunch down the road and came back and of course the treaty the draft um, withdrawal treaty had been published and um, we knew that we could sit back and wait for Steve Pierce to do a line by line detailed examination of it and commentary on it. There was no need for us to get involved. That's we'll just, a typical, just a
0: it's just a typical Brussels story. You pop out for a quick lunch and while you're out, somebody publishes a treaty. And it's just. <laughs> It's just, it's just Brussels for you, isn't it? Uh, what a week. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, as, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of uh, happened, happened this week. And actually, this week we're going to, normally we take a theme, and we've been trying to develop, develop it so that we, we take a theme and we talk in depth a bit about that theme each week, and we don't try to do the news and, and, and so on. Uh, other people do that, and other people do that, that really, really well. But this week we, we thought we can't really ignore what a week, <laughs> what a week it's been. Um, so we are actually going to talk, um, we are going to talk a bit about, uh, the, uh, ex- the, the draft exit treaty, um, and Northern Ireland and the customs union and the single market. And Cause I mean, let's think about what's happening. The happened. massive bundle of cakeism. Yeah. That's I mean, wrapped we've, we've all reached, of that's wrapped in, so. I'm tempted to call it peak cakeism, but I think that would just be tempting fate, wouldn't it? Because well, I think that there's more to come. I mean, we haven't got the future re- we, well, we haven't got the future relationship yet. Remember, this is still this is still transition in the exit agreement. It's extraordinary. I mean, do you know is. what?
1: Before we before we start, let's do some follow up. How, yeah. how do you like? How do you fancy some follow up? I love a bit of follow up. So, um, last week we were talking about having your cake and eating it, and how, what a stupid phrase that is, because it ought to be eating your cake and having it. And we wondered what it was, what the idiom was in other languages. And of course, Twitter came to the rescue, and and now we know what it is in other languages. So, very quickly, as follow up. <laughs> We're going to have a very quick rundown of what having a cake and eating it is in a number of other languages. So, for example, uh, Manfredi Bargioni um, tells us that in Italian it's avere la botte piena e la moglie ubriaca. Now, I'm really sorry about
0: my pronunciation. Have a barrel full of wine and a wife drunk. Yeah, but I don't know what the translation is. Oh, that well, it's um, it, that's a Swiss, uh,
1: Swiss, uh, Swiss German for um, to have um, your coin and also to have your little roll of bread. So it's a bit <laughs> like having a cake and eating it. Um, mm. In Slovak, Jeffrey Mamdani tells us, I, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this, I've city, I of a fed wolf and an intact sheep.
0: <laughs> I like that one.
1: That's actually, ve- that's very good. Apparently it's similar in Czech. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do Czech. Uh, here we go. Let me try some um, Danish. Uh, Andreas Kjeldsen says, "Man kan ikke blære og have mel i You can both blow air out of your mouth and have flour in it.
0: <laughs> That's in Spanish.
1: Um, it's to be in mass and to ring the bells. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Because you, yes, yes, of course, you can't. You can't do both. Um, Dick Newenhous, um, a uh, former colleague of mine, our old friend, Fantevalle Chisayten. So um, that's Flemish for what? Is eating from two wallets. Is that right, Dick? Tell me if I've got that wrong. Uh, oh, John Can't Worth also gave us wallets. the Swiss. Um, the French one's brilliant. So the French is like um, the French so. One, yeah. Avoir uh, le beurre et uh, l'argent du beurre. But um, the the way of saying it properly is avoir du beurre, l'argent du beurre et le cul de la cremière. which means uh, you've got your butter, you've got your money for your butter, and you've also got the milkmaid's <laughs> bum.
0: I like that. I love. I you, really France. like that. I In
1: like Greek, the Greek one. Yeah, the yeah, Greek one. Kaitin pitta o lo kaiton skillo So um, to find both the pie untouched and the dog fed. To find the pie untouched and the dog fed, I like. I like that. that was very good. Some more Dutch here, you couldn't need had Larkenhem and had so you can't have your sheet and keep your money.
0: Uh, can't have, ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good so, one as well. Now, okay, there was so... The, there, was this sto- there, there was a story from a summit ages ago that uh, somebody was using the phrase, a short sheet on a long bed. But it yeah, was, I remember that one. Do you remember that one? But it was somebody with a, a particular accent that meant they were saying... It's yes. a short, a short shade on a long bed, <laughs> which uh, yeah, made, made really everybody in Brussels chuckle. Because I, I believe he kept <laughs> repeating it, and other ministers find it difficult to keep a straight face. So, I can't remember who it was. Uh, I think so I could, I far. Say.
1: So so far, Italian definitely wins for me. With, I the think fran- yeah, with the French a like close it. second. But I've got a couple of others here. So, oh, um have you been doing research? That's I not have, fair. Yeah, I did a bit of research. It's called Wikipedia. <laughs> so in Tamil, it's pretty good. In Tamil, it's um, you want to have a moustache and to drink the soup. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, I, in English, we call it a moustache a soup strainer, don't soup we? soup strainer, so I don't exactly,
0: <laughs> exactly. As a moustache wearer, not, not a moustache on its own, a moustache attached to a beard, but as a moustache wearer, I, I, I do get that it is a hassle with soup. I have to say. Well, yeah, <laughs> and um, I tell you
1: what—I forgot uh, to share the German, which is "Wasch mir den Pelz, aber mach mich nicht nass." Wash my fur, but don't get me wet. Which is like don't? I'm Who's speaking that? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that? I, I mean, we are a hairy race, but you know. Um, all right. There you go. Okay, that's follow up.
0: So, thank you very, very much to everybody who, who sent the sent the equivalent. Just on a bit of follow up as well. Uh, the term "cakeism," I think we can now say, it, is just firmly in the mainstream Brexit left corner as well, because yeah. we had our first we had the first mention of the word "cakeism" in Hansard. It's now in, in Hansard proce- in the proceedings of uh, the House of Lords. Uh, Watch out for the f- this, I think, this uh, space next yes, year in the Oxford it was, English Dictionary.
1: Uh, sero- Sarah Ludford, yes, yeah.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Sarah Ludford. And um, also uh, Molly Scott Cato, MEP, used it in a New statement article this week as well. Yes. So although it's been a bad week in many ways, it's been a good week for the term "cakeism." <laughs> <It's a silver laughs> so we can console lining. ourselves with that a little bit. <laughs> small, small consolation there <sighs> for a country, a country ruined, but a new word in the dictionary. Bit like getting, bit like
1: getting champagne in pint bottles, and getting bloop. Did you miss this? I think you missed this while you were what having your dinner, it? Steve. That's this is the latest Twitter um, meltdown. Is that um, this is this breaking news? BBC Politics tweeted: UK will allow imperial pint bottles of champagne again. Winston Churchill's favourite tipple of a pint bottle of champagne later banned by Brussels. Is set to make a return to
0: post-Brexit Britain. Fucking unbelievable! Of national, what national, a fucking a, massive a national win. Bro- national broadcaster there as well. But what you know, a win! What a great. win for the country. Yeah, dealing
1: with the country's genuine, real problems. Um, so, <sighs> so we better we better dive in, haven't we?
0: <laughs> we better do, we better do the the you know the actual podcast as well, if both. Uh, so, what are we what are we going to start with, Chris? <laughs> I just want to. I just want to curl up and hide under my duvet.
1: <laughs> I, ju- I just don't know what. I just don't know where to start. I. I, I um.
0: So we, a, we, we, let's try and, Let's do. Let's do a brainstorm of all the things we can remember that that have happened this week. Oh my god. Okay. Time. So when did? So we had attacks the, on the Good Friday Agreement. That's the first one. You have the right. The the breakfast ultras attacking attacking the Good Friday Agreement. We had to. Saying that it's shit anyway, and then we had Boris Johnson, er, Boris Johnson's leaked memo, no, no, saying no. that the government yeah. shouldn't be p- trying to protect a, an, uh, an invisible border anyway. Yeah, no, no. But we go back even
1: further. We we started the week with the Chequers cakeism summit, Mm. mm. which then led to the Corbyn
0: cakeism s- speech. Yeah, God, I'd even forgotten about I'd forgotten about Chequers. I mean, that's you know. Yeah, it's entirely forgotten by Chequers. Oh god, yeah, I know. It's just and then yeah, and then Corbyn the the for so the, the 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 central part of Corbyn's very long speech, which mainly wasn't about Brexit, weirdly. Um, but yes, the, it, the, the the sort of centerpiece of it was that labour of labour have committed to uh, trying to stay a in custom, the... a
1: customs union, a
0: customs union with now, zero
1: tariffs, and with. Uh, all sorts of um, delicious bits of red velvet cake um, where Brussels is going to have absolutely no say and there'll be no court of justice, but they will be in the court.
0: Well, I'll give it... Well, actually, I think we'll come to that. The sort of distinction between customs union and single market is really important here, and it's important that people understand it. Because, actually, on a customs union, he's... Well, he's right to call it a... Firstly, right to call it a customs union because on a point of annoying... Really annoying geekery. Uh, actually, the UK does have to leave the the, cust- the customs union. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually non optional. But I mean, how I took it, what what I've taken it to mean is that they want an arrangement that is identical to the to the customs union. Where it where it falls down is that they you've convla- conflated lots of things that are actually to do with the single mm. market, and that's where the cakeism comes in because yeah,
1: exactly,
0: the version of the customs union they're talking about is actually just the. It, customs union and i i 've been trying to push people to use the term a full customs union
1: which he, he uses the
0: same which means the same as staying in the staying in the customs union, and I think that 's a much better way of of putting it to keep keep a bit yes. of clarity about that yeah,
1: I, I agree i mean it is complicated um, but you know, not so complicated that <laughs> It's too complicated not, look, for Nadine
0: Doris, put it that way. It's, yeah, we have substantially. It's not, it is complicated, but it's not so complicated that well-briefed politicians whose job it exactly, is yes. to figure out how to do this or, or shouldn't, or be able, to. shouldn't be able to do it. So, but I think it, but as it, maybe it's worth a very quick rundown on what the difference between a, what a customs yeah. union is and a single market is.
1: Yeah, and I think you should do that, Steve, seeing as you're so good at it.
0: Well, I think very... And I'm going to massively simplify, and I, I've, there's a thread which we'll put up, which yes. is a slightly longer version of this, but is... That's also simplified, good. and I had to put some caveats in at the end because people pointed quite rightly out that I'd, that I'd oversimplified a few things. But it's best to think about what they're for. So the single, a single market means that a good that is legal in country A uh, is also legal in country B. Hmm. Um, now, that doesn't mean that it can cross the border frictionlessly. What it means is that it can cross the border without having to be checked for its compliance, without having to yes. be checked that it's legal in the country that it's coming into. Because the if country A says it's legal, country B accepts that mm. and therefore it's 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 legal in it's legal in country B because they have common standards. Because mm-hmm. they have common product standards. Now you can see that this isn't enough for a frictionless border because uh, the Norway Sweden border isn't frictionless and they're both in the and they're both in the single market. Mm-hmm. So We know that that in itself isn't enough to solve the Northern Ireland uh, Ireland border issue. Now, a customs union uh, is there so that goods can cross a border without having to pay, uh, without having to pay customs duties, without having to pay tariffs. Mm -hmm. Now, you'll see that that also in itself doesn't mean that you can have a frictionless border. That means the goods don't have charges placed upon them, but without the single market, goods would still need to be checked for compliance. They'd still need to be checked that they were legal to set, they were legal to be taken into into the other country. And this is why you need to have uh, a, a customs, a full customs union, and uh, something very close, maybe not entirely, but something very close to the full single market, for there mm-hmm. to be an entirely frictionless and invisible border. Yeah, which is what we said all along. Yeah. And you can see from this explanation, hopefully, that if you have an exception, for example, if you have a partial customs union, then that will reduce the number of checks that you have to do to, to, uh, to uh, check that nothing's being brought in that should, mm. have, that should pay duty on it. But it won't eliminate all of them. And the same mm. goes for a single market. If you have alim- alignment in some areas and not others, then you have to check that goods, the, the goods that are coming through um, are in the category of those that are legal or in the where there's alignment or, or not or not. Mm. And this is why you need both, or something close to it. It doesn't have to be called that. And in some ways actually, which I won't go into, it doesn't have to be quite as absolutely extensive as both, but it has to be pretty close pretty close to it. Yeah. Um and that's where I think the Corbyn Cakism comes in. So commitment to the the customs union is good. It will make borders less frictiony. We need a what's the word for that? Something with friction, um, <laughs> sticky, <laughs> sticky. Less sticky. It will, make, yeah, it will, make, it will. So, it will reduce friction at borders. So, for example, I mean, to be, so I'm being, I want to be absolutely scrupulously fair here. To be fair, it would help issues around just in time, uh, just in time supplies to factories and 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 so on. It, it, it certainly would help that, but mm. it doesn't solve the Northern Irish border problem, which is the, uh, which is the essential, the essential problem. Yeah, I think. And then well, what's propo- and then what he's proposed on the in terms of a la- regulatory alignment, what you call the single market stuff, um, is is cakeist. I mean, it's yeah. basically that the the single market should be reformed in the way that, yeah, it's the uh, in the way that Labour wanted to be, and then the UK with the Labour government would be able to sign up to it.
1: Yeah, and and he's, course,
0: he's, he used the B, He dropped the B word. this B word. Spoke. Yeah, and I mean. When are well, people going to realise that 27 member states are not going to redesign their entire legal order for a third to suit country. one leaving member? I mean, yeah, there might be some things that can be done, but the kind of, uh, the kind of large-scale redesign of it uh, that both parties are talking about is, is, it's is just uh, just just cake isn't it? it's just as John Major said unicorns wearing different colors as John Major u- said, yeah, colours, John major said in his
1: incredible speech um oh the major I mean, really, you know that. it's a superb piece of uh, piece of rhetoric and, and and similarly Tony Blair today love him or hate him both these um elder statesmen um made superb speeches explaining this in very clear language precisely why it was pie in the sky unicorns on flipping jet skis to think that <laughs> You know, I mean, just, yeah. Uh, you mentioned a sponsor. Should we do a
0: sponsor read? Yeah, let's do the sponsor. Let's
1: get it out of the way. Our friends at Wandsworth European Movement have asked us to, uh, if they can sponsor us for free. And, of course, we have welcomed this. Um, we we love our friends in Wandsworth European Movement, and I'm going to read out a little piece of spiel from them now. Wandsworth European Movement is a new organisation formed in August 2017, incorporating Wandsworth for Europe, the old Stronger In campaign teams, which reformed in t- September 2016, and a new wider range of volunteers from across the borough and neighbouring Merton and Wimbledon. We are cross party, with all of the four main parties, excluding UKIP, a main party? represented in our membership. <laughs> We campaign regularly across the area, holding street stalls, leaflet delivery and design, public meetings, socials, all the usual stuff. We've also undertaken a small business impact survey with the local Chamber of Commerce, which we will report back on in March. We plan to host a campaign training day for South West London in April, drawing on the example set by Seven Oaks, St Albans and Best for Britain. In addition to our regular issues-based campaigning, usually following the lead of One Day Without Us, European Movement, Open Britain... Etc. We're focused on building a solid campaign organisation that incorporates all the hard-earned experience we gathered during the referendum. Next time around, and there is going to be a next time around, folks, we will run things our way locally and be ready for <laughs> a campaign on day one, as well as ready to mobilise London volunteers to be sent out to nearby regions straight away. We're also focused on supporting neighbouring groups and helping them form where they're on, which is why we're now campaigning in Wimbledon. We went there to support Hammond after his... Uh, rebellion. I think that should go into inverse commerce And had such a good reception and demand for further activity. We now have uh, local meetings, and we'll go back regularly. Find out more via our Facebook page or HTTP colon slash slash That's Wandsworth.eu. eu. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. We um, would very much welcome. Um, similar sponsor reads from local groups in the UK. We're really keen to um, bring um, attention to the fantastic work that you're doing. Wandsworth has a place very close to our hearts because, of course, Wandsworth is right next to Lambeth, and Lambeth has to deal with Kate Hoey. Oh. Kate Hoey, MP for Vauxhall, UKIP MP for Vauxhall. UKIP MP, yeah. And somebody who is not welcome... In Applecast, no,
0: no. Actually, we've managed to avoid mentioning it so far in sort and, of, and let's never three or four hours of podcasting, and I'd, I'd, I'd hope that was I'd hope that we going to go on a bit. Yeah. But
1: um, and there you go. That's ones with the European movement. Thanks, thank, thanks, um, thanks, guys. We're very happy to read that out, and we'd love and to do it, similar similar things for
0: exactly. exactly. If you if, if you're involved in the group um, and you'd like us to, this is uh, for, we didn't mention that it's sponsorship is free of Cakewatch. Watch, <laughs> um, so. Even if, even if it's not very good advertising, it's extremely good value advertising. Yeah, you can't argue with free. <laughs> you can't argue with free. Um, but we particularly, I'm actually particularly happy that we've got that we had local groups on because there's there's an awful lot of them about. Yeah, and I think uh, there's always a lot of discussion about whether you need a you know whether Remain needs a leader and and all this kind of stuff. And actually, I think the the, the explosion of local groups mm. um, actually shows it doesn't. It needs it needs Needs help and coordination and so on, but it doesn't need leaders. Actually, it needs local groups who know, uh, who know their locality and who know the people um, to go and talk to people. And mm-hmm. I think it's really, I think it's really fantastic. So, yeah. uh, no group too small for a sponsorship, nope. absolutely, or too That's local. True. There's no such thing as too local. So, so moving on with the week, what is uh, what was next?
1: So we don't. So we we, we had the Chequers cakeism. We had the the Corbyn cakeism. Um, We had the uh, Good Friday Agreement.
0: What what, what was Chequers? Oh, God. So, well, it it
1: was the grand effort by Her Majesty's government to resolve their internal differences and bickering and come up with a concept for what it is that Britain wants from Brexit.
0: And did they manage
1: that? (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what they and came up with? How did that go? What was it? What was it? It was. It was. Was it managed? It wasn't managed decline though. Well, it was managed decline. It was. It was managed. Ma- managed was ambitious managed divergence, wasn't it, or something like that?
0: Managed. Uh, yeah, managed divergence. Oh, it was, was
1: just the most. Absolutely. Absurd... So
0: yeah. So you have three basket cases. Hang on. Yes. No, hang on. That's not right. <laughs> you have... What it was was the usual.
1: Thing, um Steve of um <laughs> devoting all of their <laughs> energy and resources into negotiating with themselves <laughs> and coming up with um an epic fudge that meant that nobody had to give any ground and that they're no
0: they no further along. But they are the absolutely guaranteed not to be accepted yeah. by the negotiating partners in any respect. Yeah. yeah. Paying zero
1: interest, zero attention to what the other side need or want or can have, um, and thinking only in terms of papering over their own differences. Yeah, yeah. So what they came up with was this just masterpiece of fudge, which is... It's the three um, baskets, isn't it?
0: It's the three baskets. And, yeah, so (laughs) they came up with three... They found out that there was was three baskets, but they're exclusively full of... Non-existent cake and unicorn shit. <laughs> so there's the um,
1: there's the basket of stuff where they'd like to have EU convergence and regulation. Um, thanks very much. Yeah, no, that's fine. We're quite happy to stick with EU rules rules and all of this stuff because that'll help that'll help us because yeah. we need that. And then there's this whole other basket of stuff where we don't want any kind of EU involvement at all no. because that'll help us and you know. Yeah, we don't and then want any the of that. Third, then there's the third basket of, where we'll sort of, you know, we'll have sort of mutual recognition. We'll do our thing, you do your thing, and it'll be fine. I mean, it is completely disregarding the entire <laughs> philosophy and principles behind the single market and why it is what it is.
0: But it's also um, th- saying where we gain, where we, your future economic competitor, gain an advan- a comparative advantage, <laughs> we'll do it. And where we gain a comparative advantage from not doing it, we won't do it. <laughs> It's unbelievable. And, and I expect the people sitting across the table from them to go, Oh yeah, that'll be fine. Yeah, totally everyone will yeah, wear yeah, that. Yeah. No, we and it's such a cunning plan that we didn't notice any of the implications of that. I mean, geez oh guys. Eighteen it's just eighteen months you've been working on it and that's the best that you can come up with, really.
1: But it, it it's the it's the logical conclusion to which you come when you are this exceptionalist transactionalist <laughs> um the, the the way in which Whitehall and Westminster have been thinking for decades now is, it all leads here. It all leads to this place where you have your cake and you eat it. it it's
0: all us, 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 me, me, me. We get what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely. Like- with, I mean, with, with total... I mean, it's one thing. It's one thing to say... Oh, yeah well, of course they'll have a different view because you know, they have different interests and, and, and so on that 's what negotiations are for that 's one thing that 's fine i don 't expect the u k to have the same view as the eu i mean that's not that 's not what we 're expecting that 's not what you do in a necessarily doing negotiation what, what i'd hope for is for them to have some regard for an understanding of it i mean this is, the, the eu 's playing chess and oh, we can't use that again. We've done that, haven't we? We did that last week. <laughs> Chess and snap. <laughs> that they're, playing, that they're, playing, that they're playing different games. I mean, and ah, just a we total always, lack of regard for it. We always did. We always come back to the same thing.
1: We we're always going to keep circling round back to the same thing. And yet again, I'm, I'm simply going to refer back to the uh, analysis that we both of us did Back in mm. the beginning, mm. before negotiations even started, where we said, well, look, this is how you run a negotiation and this is how you get to a decent outcome. Now, there was a very good – I think it was, the, it was the John Major speech, wasn't it, where yeah. Yeah. he says, you know, you, you're going to have to compromise. That's yeah. how you get a result. You have your red lines, but ultimately – some of these red lines are going to have to
0: give because otherwise you're not going to get to where you want to be. But there's int- a really interesting thing about red lines as well. Basically, every policy has been painted, has been painted as a red line. Yeah, every, There's no policy going on at all here. There's just red lines. There's just things we don't want and we won't cross. There's no actual positive policy. Yeah. And moreover, red lines are important. And neg- you'll know in negotiations that you have some respect when someone says it's a red line. Yeah. You go, oh, right, a red line. Yeah. That, it- that means... That doesn't mean it can't possibly ever be moved, but what it does mean is that it's it's going to be difficult, and there's going to have to be really good reasons yeah, for it, and, and you're going to have to be able to sell it out. back at home. And this is going to, you know, so that's going to be that's going to be a sticking point that we're going to have to work a lot on and try and find a, try and find a try right. and find a way through. If you say everything is a red line, yeah, it's crying wolf. Isn't goes, it? Yeah, right. Like the financial settlement was a red line. Whistle yeah, for it's, it. It's crying wolf. Yeah, it's, it's exactly crying wolf. Crying wolf. Absolutely crying wolf. On oh no, no, the red line, everything. red
1: line, red. Well, everything's a red line. So sorry, what you know
0: where. Yeah, entirely, absolutely. And and nothing's th- a red line. and I've noticed actually that the, this last week has been a week of people talking about what we talked about last week about occupying the territory, exactly, and getting it first. And uh, David Allen Green's done some really good stuff on this, drawing parallels mm-hmm. with, with 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 legal stuff and so on. Um, and you know, why hasn't this been produced? And it's because there's no, it's because there's no agreement on it. I mean, yeah, we're,
1: we're, we're, I think a, a picture is is now emerging. Um, a picture is emerging of um, a government that is caught like a rabbit in the headlights, isn't it? it, yeah, it absolutely. It, it, all they want to do is to get across the finishing line on the 29th of March next year. Don't, they don't, it, n- it they don't care how, how they do it, they've yeah. got to get across it. They want to get across that thing and deliver Brexit. And
0: actually, and, John, John Lyft did a, a, a really good article on this that the government isn't even trying anymore.
1: John Worth John, the, Worth.
0: John Worth, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the government isn't even even trying. Um, no, they're not it's, trying. It's, it knows it's going to be a catastrophe. It knows it's going to be a disaster. But there's that, but there's that date, which unless, uh, in, unless they intervene in some way to uh, to stop it, uh, Brexit will happen. And that's, all, that's now all that matters, combined with making sure that it looks like it was nasty foreigners or Remainers yeah. or the Labour Party. Or I mean, it's, whoever, it's, it's, whoever it's really dangerous stopped, stuff. You know, it, it is really, really dangerous because... I'm certain. I mean, look at, looking at the Liam Fox speech, which was unbelievably vacuous and in which he repeated things that are, that are categorically untrue, um, he, didn't, the, he didn't look like he believed it for a second. He, it was the least convincing speech I've ever seen anybody. He read it directly. Um, well, you're now he, he, getting... I mean, it, it, they know that they know that. they're in a terrible state. They're in a terrible
1: state, but they're not. But they're not doing the right thing. they and now they're you're getting people you. stepping up, saying, you know, okay, you're now getting the grown ups saying, you know, we need to take this lot into special measures. You know, mm. we need to act, and you're getting people like Major and Blair, and you're getting people like Mar- Martin Donnelly, and you're getting all sorts of people stepping up and saying, this, this, this is. We're now, we're now beyond. We're now beyond rescue point this yeah. we now need to step in and do something
0: i mean martin Donnelly was very interesting because he was permanent secretary of uh, of liam fox's department mm, exactly um, and is known for being particularly loyal actually mm. and uh, uh uh and careful um, mm-hmm. and he's very he's very well well known for that and it was relatively recently you know it was only last year that he the, the that he he left he left the civil yeah. service so and that was a. I thought that was a it's really v- very dramatic a really intervention. One. So um, we've on to the next bit of uh, bit of new new. I mean, we're all news today, aren't we? But it, it's the exit treaty, I guess, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I mean, that's the big, the really big thing that happened. Yes. Is that the uh, commission produced a draft uh, exit treaty? Yeah. Uh, which was. Large on on many issues largely as is expected but with a few a few surprises in there.
1: Well it was it was a shock to see it in black and white. Um it it, it just it just brings it all home doesn't it? It yeah. brings it home the impact this is going to have on real people and their lives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've all got friends. I mean, well, we are all directly affected of course as individuals. Course, it's not friends uh, to me. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we, yeah, and we we've got I mean, I yeah. Uh, I, I am one of the lucky people who has dual nationality. Yeah, not um, which, not only am I not, me.
0: but I won't have been able to get Belgian nationality by no. Brexit day either. So no,
1: no, it's it's, it's extremely worrying. I mean, what, the, the, so there are there are there, is a number, there are several categories of people who are going to be um, afflicted and affected, uh, and obviously, I mean, our heart goes out to our EU friends and neighbours uh, in the UK, who mm. you know, <laughs> including my mum. <laughs> Um, who doesn't have British nationality, despite having been resident in the UK for many years, because because who he, he didn't need it? No. But um, I mean, I'm thinking also of our friends. Um, we have many British friends who've moved to uh, live in EU countries, and they carry they built careers here, and those careers are European. They're not
0: Belgian, yeah,
1: so they work right across Europe, and that's normal.
0: But yeah, absolutely. Those course, people.
1: Yeah. Are suddenly going to find themselves being unable to exercise their profession beyond the borders of the member state in which they happen to be resident. You've got to feel for
0: people in Luxembourg here. I mean, you've got <laughs> not all member states <laughs> oh size of, not all member states are no. the size of France, huh? You've got to, you've got to feel oh, for, feel for no, well, effectively landlocked. It, it's it's on every level it, And this it just, happens all the time. It's I mean, I mean, scary. I, I mean, my main job is sound engineering. I, I've I've flown out to Spain to do a sound engineer job, and I mean, yeah, I just went with my iPad and a box of microphones. Yeah. Uh, you know i mean there 's just not a work permit yeah not a work permit not uh, not, not Karnes, A not, visa yeah yeah absolutely and um I mean one thing about the freedom of movement is that on a, uh, uh, for non work involved stuff because it 's Schengen you, it strikes me that you'll the people will effectively ha- still have freedom of movement um to go and see their friends in the Netherlands, you know and because because the uh, because it's Schengen and there 's no there's, there's effectively no border. Yeah, I and mean, they're not going to introduce border yeah. crossings just for British just for people. the Brits. And the, yeah. but it's the and and I think that's what people think it's about freedom of movement, about holidays, and it's really not. It's about it really is. It's about jobs and so on. I mean, uh, that's yeah, what it's, probably, for, like, if, it's yeah, for example, if, my, if, if 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 my wife gets moved to a different part of the organisation she works for, um. I would be able to go with her as a traveling spouse but I wouldn't be able to I, it's not clear at all whether I'd be able to work in uh in a in, a, in another in another country and it's pretty unlikely and um business will have to stop to get to get new residence permits and new and work permits and so on. And it's not absolutely clear that a self-employed person will automatically get a um, oh. will automatically get a work permit. So, I mean, so yeah, I mean, my life is uh, so, is you know, building a business in Belgium, and yeah. it's it's really not clear at all whether I'm going to be able to continue with that until I manage to get Belgian citizenship, which will be sometime yeah. after Brexit. So,
1: so this is this is obviously a huge talking point for our, our circle of friends here in Brussels because these are things that affect us all personally and, and, and directly, and it's all very worrying. But of course this is just a tiny snapshot of the um sea change that this treaty this this withdrawal treaty would introduce into the lives of millions of Europeans. Um, yeah, absolutely. And um and just seeing it in black and white in those stark le- legal terms is is yeah, it's very striking. Um what, what, tell, tell us about the um, tell us about it, Steve. Tell us about uh, what, what were your what were your what was your sense when you when you when this landed on your desk and you started reading it.
0: Well, my, my sense was that it was um, it was it was what you'd expect. I mean, having read um, you know numerous regulations and so on and treaties, uh, EU treaties and 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 so on. It was it was it was really what I what I. Yeah, it was really what I expected. Um, and on Northern Ireland, in, in particular, mm. I mean, on the on the Northern Ireland island border, I mean, I think the reaction of 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 the British press and also the government in saying that, I mean, Theresa May said no prime minister could ever accept this treaty. Um, and look, some she aspects. she did in, accept it. And she, yeah, and actually, she. Did, this is the point is that she did accept it in, yeah. um, hang on, and I actually got I've, I've got this in front of me on the eighth of December, twenty seventeen. She. Uh, she she accepted it yeah. particularly uh the 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 parts on parts yeah. on the, the 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 border issue yeah so very briefly on the very briefly on the border issue what's happened yeah. here can be summed up as follows is that uh the u k said that there were two options for uh to to avoid a a border uh for the to maintain an invisible border on the border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is absolutely central to uh, To the continuation of the of the Good Friday Agreement, it's everybody agrees this is absolutely central to it. Um, even those who are against the Good Friday Agreement agree that this, <laughs> that, that is actually important to it. Um, and uh, so that means there should be no border. There should be no border infrastructure. There should be there should be nothing there. It should be in, as it is now. Um, the road signs change when you when you when you cross, and the tarmac changes because it's 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 done by by different people. You know. Um, the road signs change to kilometres rather than miles per hour. Um, so the the two options for this were that we could do it as part of the future relationship. It'll be grand. It'll be fine. There's no problem with that because we're going to get this bespoke relationship. Um, so I'm sure that'll all be fine. Uh, it, the second option is well, we've got technology and stuff, haven't we? We've got we've got drones. <laughs> we've got. Number play recognition, which Boris congestion Johnson, char- arch fucking moron, uh, referred to, <laughs> refer, compared the the, the oh. congestion charge zone to, uh, uh, compared the congestion charge <laughs> the, zone the to the to the island no border. border. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will be grand. So we'll be able to come to some. Te- we'll, there'll be a way we can do it with technology, and actually, there, there are many ways in which technology helps helps borders. I mean, I used to work on Ukraine, and we did a little bit of work on. Well, I I was involved just a little bit. In work done on facilitating border border border, mm-hmm. border crossing and so on, and there's x rays and there's, there's lots of things, but you need infrastructure to do that there has to be some infrastructure mm-hmm. um so uh this is widely regarded as sort of uh, dr- <laughs> yeah unicorns flying on drones is <laughs> the best way's it mm-hmm. been put that I, that i've heard and during negotiations uh and obviously uh, uh the the uh, the response to that is okay well that's very good, but the i mean the technology is well you can 't tell us what the technology is to do that, so we uh, mm. moving on and the future relationship well that that remains to be that remains to be negotiated and if, from what we 've heard so far we 're not, we're not, we're not completely convinced by that either so so they agreed that there would be a, uh, in, in uh, the phase one agreement in December they agreed that there would be a backstop option, which would be essentially not quite but essentially uh, Northern Ireland remaining in the uh, uh, customs union and to a very large extent the single single market. I think actually not completely. It's fair to say, but to a very very large extent uh, in the in the single market, having re- uh, regulatory regulatory alignment in every area, relevant area, mm. which is almost every area. <laughs> there are one or two that, that, that potentially aren't, but it's, it's almost every area. Mm. So, um, so this is the agreement that was made. So, in the interim. True to form, the UK has failed to occupy the territory. It's yep. failed to produce uh, proposals of its own for how options one and two could be done. It's failed to say what it wants from a future relationship. They're still arguing with themselves about that. We know there'll be uh, this will actually be this will go out after I think uh, Theresa May's speech, which will be tomorrow, but which everybody assumes is going to say the same thing anyway. Mm. Um, and. Uh, they didn't, there haven't been any proposals on how the technology could be done and what technology would be needed and, and so on. There were a few in an earlier paper which, were, uh, which every expert said was, 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 was nonsense. So, mm-hmm. so when they've done the treaty, they've said, okay, so in the absence of any agreement on options one and two, option three will go into force. So when we do this, so when we do the draft treaty, we'll do option. We'll put option three in the draft treaty. Actually, with the provisor, uh, this, this is this will apply unless there's another unless there's another agreement. Um, and the reason that that's been, I mean, I I, I really don't. So that's in line with. That's entirely in line with what was agreed in in December. Mm-hmm. And in fact, options one and two could have been included in the treaty had in the draft treaty had the UK come with any proposals for it. Mm-hmm. What's been focused on is the the Commission is pushing for this last the Commission is and the EU twenty seven are pushing for option three because they're trying to annex Northern Ireland into the into the EU and they're trying to bring down the constitutional order of the UK and they're trying to bring down the government. Um, and and there's been a what I have to say is absolutely coordinated attack from the right wing press, which is They've been saying such close things and repeating each other so much that I, it looks so like yeah, they're reading from a, a script, it's, it, it's not yeah. true. So this has been greeted with absolute outrage. And, I mean, there's so much outrage around, uh, around Brexit anyway. But, I mean, this has really kicked up to, uh, to a remarkable level. I mean, talking about the EU trying to annex Northern Ireland, I mean, astonishing, what what the fuck are you talking it, about? You, it, it, I mean, it simply beyond... speaks
1: to their agenda. It, it's, it's their yeah. framing. It, 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 it's it's all the framing that we were talking about. It, it they they have abandoned the terrain to the EU. They have refused to present themselves for battle. If, if you like, if you want to use these yeah. uh, martial analogies, which I don't think is very appropriate, but they've basically refused. To um, engage the enemy, they've simply stood back and allowed the enemy to occupy uh, the terrain.
0: And they've, lived, and but they've having done, it, done they, that. But they've, they've done f- it in line with the agreement. I mean, this is in, entirely in line with the, the agreement. Exactly, Steve. What happened, we, this is exactly as we
1: predicted would happen last December. Yes, when, yep. when we heard what the agreement had, had been, we all said, well, this, this, this means customs union single market. Yeah, absolutely. We've just we conceded did. We did a soft literally Brexit. All out, yeah. They've that this is it. It's so that's it. It's a it's a customs union, single market, soft Brexit, unless they renege or fudge. And of course, because that's we know almost because, certainly what they'll do, because that's because what what's they've been done shown so far.
0: That there here is that there's a there's a bluff on one and two. If the, so, we we know there's no other way to do it for so yes. one and two. One and two are a bluff. Yeah. And at a certain point, that bluff has to be called, and the bluff exactly. The, and and, the, and, the, and the, the EU has had to call them. it. They've, they've had to call it because otherwise it.
1: Yeah, we there's no way we can progress unless we call you a bluff. We have to call you a bluff. So sorry, sorry, UK. Time time's up. Time's now up. you need yeah. to you need you need to step up.
0: And if it wasn't a bluff, come forward now with the proposals. Yeah. Publish the and proposals now. now, now the and response... we'll flip, and we'll flip and we'll flip them into the and mm. we'll we'll redraft it. Yeah. I mean those even you know um, I mean Barnier was really clear and his press gone mm-hmm. I have got to stop using clear, because when you say clear like, this is a yeah. this is a, Yeah, yeah. When you say clear it doesn't mean it's clear on work. Brexit. Yeah. I shouldn't be saying yeah. that. Barnier said, "But come with if if you, we don't, you know, we don't. We're not insisting on on option three. It's that we 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 haven't seen anything on option one yeah, and two. Exactly. It's for
1: you to step up and do it. But rather than step up and do it, what they've done, what they've done, rather than step up and 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 and, and engage and and do what is their responsibility and the duty to do, um, they have gone the other route, which is to, um, as you say." Start throwing around accusations of annexation and all sorts of uh, and 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 the Brussels jackboot turning yeah. us into a colony and I mean it, it, we, and ridiculously I think- hyperbolic language, but exactly the kind of sort of stuff that will trigger the people that they that their base, you know, Absolutely. their base.
0: And, and and actually, I mean the 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 big thing of the big thing that. It's, it's very hard to be shocked now. I'm still, I'm still, I still am shocked by by lots of things. Amazingly, maybe I'm maybe I was naive all these years. I, I thought I wasn't actually, but maybe I'm naive. Um, what the attacks on it that they're trying to subvert the constitutional order of the of the UK. They're trying to force a border into the Irish or force the UK to stay in the customs union and single market. The Article Fifty of the it's always Article 50, isn't it? It's always Article 50 of the Phase 1 Agreement. says, In the absence of agreed solutions, as set out in the previous paragraph, the United Kingdom will ensure that no new regulatory barriers develop between Northern Ireland and the rest of the United Kingdom, unless, consistent with the 1998 Agreement, the Northern Ireland Executive and Assembly agree that dis- distinct arrangements are appropriate for Northern Ireland. In all circumstances, the United Kingdom will continue to ensure the same unfettered access for Northern Ireland's businesses to the whole of the United Kingdom internal market. Firstly, that places no obligations whatsoever on EU27. That paragraph only places obligations on the United Kingdom. And it places an obligation that, they, that the, United, the 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 solution the United Kingdom agrees to will not have any 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 barriers between it and Northern mm. Ireland. And this was, we know why this was put in. This was put in the behest of the DUP. And actually, this should have been an agreement between the DUP and the government, not between the government and the and the EU27. That's where this has gone. That's where that's absolutely wrong because this place has no obligations whatsoever on, uh, on EU27 here. All of the obligations in that. The United Kingdom will ensure that no new regulatory barriers develop. What they've said by agreeing that is if it's single market, for the, it's single market and customs union for Northern Ireland, it's single market and customs union for the UK. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've gone mental because they fucked yeah. up. They agreed to something well, they thought deep. was a nice political fudge like we'd kick it into the long grass exactly, for as yeah. long as possible, and they wouldn't have to come up with a solution. Well, fudge, and they just won't fly. And for um, so it was, <laughs> was a great one. I mean, some of the stuff that's been, uh, I mean, that's been thrown about about this is uh, is really, really, absolutely beyond belief. But I think my favourite one was our friend, our friend Nick Timothy. We like God, our friend um, Nick the Timothy, best for Britain's um, best for, chief donor. <laughs> Yeah, best Britain's chief fundraiser. Absolutely, Every time he opens his mouth, George Soros gets a few hundred grand. Um, said uh, that the, the, the government had to stand firm. Stand firm on what? We don't know. But the government has to... Has to <laughs> stand ha- firm on fudge. Stand firm on fudge. Yeah, we will be absolutely firm on fudge. We won't, uh, it, has to, it has to stand firm and not allow the EU to push it into a catch-22 situation. that it has manoeuvred itself into with incredible dexterity. It's absolutely... I mean, accusing the EU of putting them in a Catch-22 situation is just absolutely unbelievable. So, I mean, the logical conclusion of this, because the things that cause the need for the single market and customs union for there to be an open border are the existence and design of the customs union and the single market, the existence and design of the Good Friday Agreement uh the uh WTO rules, the rules of uh that EU has agreed to in its own external in, in e, the external trade deals that it that it has with the rest of the world. Um and uh, the devolution settlement of Northern of Northern Ireland. So what he's saying is that all of these things were designed specifically over the last uh thirty years. Uh, just to to leave the UK in a catch twenty two situation, if the, if if it ever happened that they left the left that they, they left exactly. the
1: EU, it was all a sinister plot from years and years and years ago. Yeah, the entire the construction Europeans. of European unity has simply been in order to catch Nick <laughs> Timothy and his
0: boss out. Absolutely, <laughs> it's all it's all been just in case, just in case <laughs> this happened. So the and and we still have people wandering around TV studios uh, telling us that. Uh, it's simple. We, we, the EU can put can put a border on if it wants, but we're not going to. Not realizing that. I, I mean, the, the you know, WTO rules uh, require it. And so I mean,
1: Steve. I mean, explain this to me. I can't. I cannot get my head. I un, I understand that there might be a few fringe outliers, you know, of 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 the UKIP type, um, uh, sort of like the wasn't was, I mean, who 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 might be so far down their ideological rabbit holes that they. Uh, have convinced themselves to buy into this stuff. But how does the collective, how does the entire collective political uh, establishment of a country fall for this psychosis? Because it's a psychosis. But
0: you know what? Well... I mean, explain it to I don't get it. Oh, it's very simple. This is what fucks Brexit. This is the thing that fucks Brexit. This is the thing that's that's insoluble anywhere near the UK's red lines. And... What is entirely forgotten about is that they, the UK chose these red lines. The UK chose... How, how If they really cared about the Good Friday Agreement, if they really cared about the border in Northern Ireland, how would you go about... If you, if you really cared about it, and this was happening, say so you can't stop Brexit, you know, you're in the position that you have to... You're in a uh, position of making policy for Brexit. One of the things that you look at, one of the considerations when you're making the policy is, shit, we've got this big, we've got this big issue on Northern Ireland because this is really on the on the border because this is really this is really important good friday agreement an international treaty we can't renege on that so whatever solution we come up with has to work for that that's how you would do it and they haven't they've done it the other way around. they've taken up a policy willfully ignoring the fact that it will have to be a policy that that can fit it that can uh, fit into that and then they've tr- tried to shoe, tried to shoehorn it in yeah. and it doesn't and it doesn't shoehorn in because no, it wasn't designed to, because it's not, because it doesn't meet the very basic criteria. And these aren't criteria set by the EU, you know. What really struck me about it is saying, um, well, why when it can be sorted out later? Why do it now? And here we come back to what we've talked about all the way through these podcast as well about the question of trust and goodwill. Yeah. If this had all been built on good, trust and goodwill, maybe assurances that it would be taken care of in a future agreement would have been believed. Mm but since it hasn't been, they're, they're justifiably they aren't. Justifiably
1: but again, I, I I return to my point, which is, I I don't understand how thinking, rational, educated, intelligent beings can just succumb to this collective psychosis. I it's don't, a, I, it's, it's I don't Brexit at all costs.
0: It. They recognise they recognize the threat that this issue poses to Brexit.
1: Yeah, but I mean, OK, the Redwoods and the Bones and so on. Yeah, OK, because they're... But why, you know... Why is the, the wider political and, 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 and media establishment just signing up to this? I mean, you know, you get people that you would expect to say, OK, you know, so John Major and, and, and Tony Blair and, 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 and former senior civil servants are saying, you yeah, clearly understand this and saying this isn't going to fly. You're, 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 you're endangering the country. This is extremely dangerous what you're doing here but i mean i I still don't really
0: understand why because once we i i think it's because once you've crossed the Rubicon, once you've started doing it, there's no cost to continuing it works it works, and you've got the you've got the right wing press looking <laughs> looking like they're reading from a script prepared at uh, the press conference prepared by the number ten press team um the sort of stockholm i mean asking these incredibly loaded questions about whether Barney is trying to bring down the british government yeah. and and so on, which is Absurd, because yeah. actually, from the EU twenty seven point of view, the last thing they want is a change, of, a change of government and have to start the whole whole fucking thing again. Well, actually. I it well? Um, the difficulty the difficulty is that you know, due to How, questions uh, of balance and so on, yeah. uh, people see a lot of people see this as re- see this as reality and, and, mm. and can't get past it. And yeah. so this is really this is really where we are this this, yeah. this this week. And we, I mean, this is without even talking about Blair, really talking about Blair and Major's speeches. Right. Um, but I think I think there isn't. I think there is. Why I'm optimistic is that there are now people talking about not doing it. There are now people saying we don't have to do this, guys. Mm. We don't have to do it. And this is now. Uh, this is not cranks. This is not Romaniacs like us. But M- momentum
1: it. is building. In, 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 the momentum is building. The pressure. The tension's building. You can. You can sense that it's all building towards something. And I just hope it's something that. It, it, that Gives us some release and, and not something even worse, but you just get the sense that it's building towards something, don't you?
0: We don't want to overpromise, uh, but we're hoping to have some guests in the future as well. We are, um, so we'll keep uh, it under wraps, yeah, absolutely. We won't say it all. <laughs> We won't say at all who it is, and we'll, I'll hope that nobody noticed. Well, rather excitingly, Steve Anna, analyst at Emperor of New C, I think, uh, who's one of the great threaders of uh, Twitter on on Brexit, said that he would be. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't think I tagged you. He would. He would love to.
1: No, I didn't see that. Did you not see that? that? No, he said,
0: he, Yeah, he said he would love to love to be on. Obviously, we'll have since he's anonymous, Perhaps. we'll have to use a voice changing plugin to make. Well, sure how are we going to work with two Steves? Oh god, yeah, that's gonna—it's that's already quite difficult sometimes. So um, <laughs> when we're actually when we're actually talking to each other, it could be even harder. But, but yeah, so he's very um, exciting. I yeah, that's know very, that. very very That'd exciting. And I, I would really love that because he's someone that I'm going to i going to gonna... cope with two experts <laughs> and me just pulling stuff out of
1: my <laughs> just well, sitting well... here squeaking with ranty rage while you two. <laughs> Dish out the facts. Well, I was,
0: well I, was just, I, was, I was thinking, how are both of us going to deal with a real expert like Steve? Actually, that's what I thought.
1: We'll just let him do the, the, the facts and we'll just. We
0: can just give him, we'll well, I'll just point a microphone at him and we can go and yeah. get a beer. Um, good. <laughs> but yeah, so exciting stuff to come up. And thank you very much for listening to uh, this week's uh, Cake Watch podcast. Uh, more non self replenishing cake next week. We will see you next week.